We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Genesis, Scottish, open, picks, bets, one and done, plus a look at the betting board, and already in with some bets, we might as well talk about those for the Barbasol Championship alternate field event. Both of these events this week are co-sanctioned between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Never a bad time to get in on FantasyNational.com. However, if you want to take full advantage, I highly recommend waiting until Wednesday this week and going to fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself that 20% off the weekly membership. It'll be eight bucks after the 20% off. Then you get Wednesday to Wednesday, which means you get Scottish Open, Barbasol, and Open Championship. Right, Jeff, do they have another tournament next week? Is there like the whatever, whatever alternate event? See, I was thinking that also, but probably not if they moved up the barber saw like there's not a full another subfield to my total understanding i'm sure they're going they're teeing it up on the corn ferry but um which they might not even be doing this week no no the barracuda is next week so it's four tournaments for the price of one on wednesday if you go to fantasynational.com slash mayo because the barracuda and open championship are both next week this is the alternate swing on the pga tour (laughs) what a shit show you know what? What do you hate? Do Honestly, you, you want more golf is bad for you? It, I didn't say it was bad. What I was going to say is it can get expensive <laughs> because like you, Pat, I've made two Barbersol bets today. I haven't made a single Scottish bet. Neither have I. I, I looked at the odds and I was like, eh, there was one guy that I really liked. And then I was like, eh, I'll try to find him at like better odds. And it seems like his, his odds have crashed. More on that in a second. Let's talk about John Deere Classic for a minute. We can even talk in the Maiden Himmeland as well. Or Live London, uh, if that's a spot that you want to go to. I did find out this week that there is a marketing company direct messaging people on Twitter to tweet about Live. They're offering like 40 bucks for 10 tweets a month. But you got to sign a five-year contract. What do you think oh, the chan- what do you think the chances are that these people contacted Tim like three months ago and they're paying him a little bit more and that's where this like pro live stance came from? That is very possible. That is one of my theories. <laughs> um, yeah, they, I don't think they ever read my tweets because they've contacted me a few times. And I'll be honest, like I probably could be bought. 
<laughs> like a lot of live players were bought but that that's not even close to the rate it would take to um like buy me i guess but yeah tim is probably taking this deal um tim i don't know i, I don't really understand tim's whole thing with live like i get liking live i get like being a fan of it but his whole like above and beyond is is weird to me it's weird to me yeah it seems like a troll for troll's sake but you never know with him yeah I, I, you do never know and like all it's a lot of his like a, here's the thing though a lot of the actual points like i don't disagree with in a sense like yeah like watching cam smith patrick reed brooks bryson like it could be more entertaining to a lot of golf fans than the golfers who were playing the John Deere as the live schedule sets up often in that sense. But Tim, like he's making this case, like, like he doesn't even think these events should exist. And that is, um, how do you put this? Like as golf fans, we enjoy these events because it allows a lot of times it can be opportunities for dime a dozen players to just grab their wins and grab their, their cards and their exemptions but these events serve as stepping stones and even if they are like sub triple a events that's okay as long as sponsors want to front them like that's okay i i would tend to agree like, I, I have nothing against what's going on here the part that i don't like is pretending like i don't know chase kepka is a top 10 golfer in the world I mean, these, these these fields are stacked. Like, look look at the back end with James Peon. It's like, all right, man. Like, there's like 10 really good guys, 10 pretty good guys, and 20 guys no one cares about. Although I did see Paul Casey still WDing from events, even on live. Yeah, yeah. That's totally out of my um, realm. Um, I didn't really see any of it, but you kind of nailed it. There's like 10 really good guys, five okay guys, two prospects and like four guys that could still be in PGA fields like maybe more but like that you know like Brendan Steele and like those types of cocracks like sure they could still play any any event and have like good medium odds and shitty fields but that's why when it comes to this merger that's still like a year plus away like what are we really talking about like 14 players like being affected here like Graham McDowell in a year and a half, like wouldn't even make a subfield. Yeah, he's probably gonna be, he's probably gonna be on the seniors tour, isn't he? How old okay, is Gra so how old's Graham point. McDowell? <laughs> so that's actually thank you for bringing that up. He's only in forty. He, he, this, he's he's only forty three. <laughs> in all of this discourse, I am happy that I well I haven't seen an announcement or anything that this will now allow these guys to play champions tour because all those guys are like wow that means all these like um your westwoods your sergios your, i mean all those that like guard on the european tour rider cup team be sucks if none of those guys could play champions tour in a few years like when louis wanted to like tee up three times a year from the farm or charl like it was a bigger blow almost to the future of champions tour than it was to pga tour um no that's a silly comment i don't mean it like that but i mean like the pga tour event like talent wise they were still going on fine at some point there'd probably be a huge void in the champions tour 
I don't know. I'm just happy that it seems like those guys will now be allowed back in or be eligible for Champions Tour in seven years for Graham McDowell. Yeah, and seven years for Sergio. Westwood is 50, so technically he could be playing on the Champions Tour right now, though he's making a lot more money playing on live. Let's talk John Deere, though. Uh, I actually ended up watching a bunch of it because I was streaming it on the plane, and like I, I bought internet on Sunday to like because I was flying back. I had a five-hour flight. I was like, perfect. I'll just, you know, crank out some TPC Deer Run here, watch Adam Shank coast to a victory, and let that be that. And by the time I logged on, like Straka was 40 under par for the day, and Shank was even on the front nine. I was like, well... That's what you get when you bet on Adam Shank. But uh, great news for Straka. It's funny, we were, you had kept bringing his name up in terms of Ryder Cup. And I don't want to do this Ryder Cup thing every week, but it was a big week for Europeans as it pertains to those final spots in the Ryder Cup. Because as we've talked about, there's eight spots that are essentially just locked in at this point. And then it depends on whether or not like Yannick Paul can hold on to his European points uh, and be good enough by the time. But we still have like two months to go with this. And the Open Championship, like we're really heating up with the big parts of the European tour schedule right now and where a lot of guys are going to get in. But Straka wins. Aberg does suffer from Lee Hodge's Saturday syndrome where he sucks on Saturday, but he had a nice Sunday to get inside the top five. Shout out to Cus one and done from last week. And he's going to be in the field at the Scottish Open this week. So he remains relevant. And then Hoygaard ends up winning, I mean, a very classic European tour finish. Hoygaard wins in Denmark in a playoff. I'm not saying that gets him on the team, but all of a sudden he's kind of risen from the dead to be like in the conversation again. Like, I don't know if Straka's automatically on the team, but you got to think that he and Aberg and Rye and Hoygaard are probably the front runners right now based on this week. That doesn't mean three guys can come out of nowhere the next two weeks at these links courses and all of a sudden they're the favorites and Moronk too. Sorry. Yeah, so there's, I guess, a lot going on there. At the same time, I get if you're an American golf fan, you could just be, like, snickering away. Because it'd be like, like we're like as an American, like, we're not um, thinking about taking Alex Smalley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, like, and that was the competition <laughs> this week. So it's like, huh, okay, fine. Straka to me almost has to be on the team. Like anybody who's going to play in the second leg of the FedEx Cup, Europe doesn't have 12 better options. I worry about Straka because Straka's good like once every three months. Like you You're might, right. ju- you might just get him, you, you might get him at the Ryder Cup. And he sucks for three days. <laughs> yeah, and he could be hit or miss. But right now, for me, it is Aber- no order: Aberg, Straka, Moronk, and and probably. Aaron Rye but that's very flexible and in some ways that is an indictment on on Europe that you know we have to have this debate about dime a dozen golfers for their all-star team oh for sure like if Dietrich wins this week all of a sudden oh Dietrich's automatically on the team so there's a lot of reaction going on but I just I it, it does feel like Moronk is the safe one of all those guys yeah I mean he Yes, he'll like. He, yes, he, he, he won at the course. He won at the course, and he's won three times in the past year. Yeah, so that he should be safe. But again, like form should probably really, really matter. Um, you know, and and we will we we will see. Like like you said, if Dietrich Hogard guys get hot, like I don't know, <laughs> Alex Noren goes on some miracle run, Victor Perez. Like now we're we're in the shits, but that's sort of where. Uh, you know, just adding a couple guys to who you were debating would probably put them behind the guys you you were adding up there. Uh, but yeah, I am still 
I get it was the John Deere. Like, I don't even care about the shitty Saturdays. To me, that's not even an indictment on Aberg. Like, what? But I don't need that's a that's a redundant debate. He's he will be there. I, I mean, I don't think he's a lock by any stretch of the imagination. We've seen Europe time after time not take this kind of guy to take. The problem is all the guys that they would normally take are now gone. Like, before it would be like, oh, Sergio is shit for him. Ah, we're going to take Sergio over whoever it might be. Thomas Peters, although they did take Peters that one time. But, like, they, the, the Euros tend to skew older, by and large, with their Can captain's I- pick versus younger. Although they just might not have the depth of talent that they used to. So, they got to go this way. I know you didn't want to do this, but now we're here. I just have to do it because I did a little homework last week, Pat. Oh, good. First time in ever? Ever. Ever. Including school. Going back like the decade, maybe I went plus. These are also Rands, like dime a dozen players who in the moment were deserving. But this is just a list of dime a dozen guys that Europe drags along to the Ryder Cup. Can I, I guess? Can, one- I, can I family feud guess this? Yes, and I would say one of these guys may have even made like two teams in a row. So they never, none of these guys are ever even like there the next time. That's why I'm so in on Aberg, where like, who cares if he's horrible? Let him, he'll be that much more ready next time. Like, because he's part of it. And there's a legitimate chance he's the fabric of this team with Rom Hovland in, you know, in five years. I remember Andy. Anyhow, yeah, you can a- a- guess Andy. Andy Sullivan <laughs> on the list. Uh, Jamie Donaldson on the list. Stephen Gallagher on the list. That, See, that, that's like an asterisk. That was, that was a home in game glad hand. Yeah, but but again, there are glad hands. That's the thing. They're at the point where they do things like that. Their roster's so weak that they did glad hand Gallagher for a home game. Yeah, on my list. Norin. Was on the front. On the list. He was he was there in France. Yeah. Uh both Molinari's one year. Sure. I mean, at least um friend uh uh, uh what uh, yeah. One of them, yeah. Dodo's on the list, but I don't put Francesco as like a dime a dozen. No, but 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 uh, Mont- Mont- uh, Manteo Montessaro was on one of the teams too, I think. That I might have even missed. That might have been like have 16 that. years ago if that actually happened. I don't remember if it happened or not. I'm trying to think about the one this weekend on the challenge tour. Oh, on the ch- Jesus Christ, on the challenge tour? Really? He's on the challenge yeah. tour? He outdueled, I think, Alex Fitzpa- Fitzpatrick. What was uh, Alex Fitzpatrick qualified for the Open with a sweet chip yeah. in? I saw that. That was one of the fun clips. That was a fun day. I, I wish that the. The Open qualification got the same sort of hype as the longest day in golf to qualify for the U.S. Open because it's just as interesting. Yep. I'm trying to think now. There's like absolute goobers, isn't there? Did Ross Fisher ever make one of these teams? Who's playing great, by the way. Is he in the field at the Scottish this week? He just missed out on qualifying um, for the Open Championship with a double at the 18th in Himmerland. 500 to 1. Ross Fisher this week in Scotland. He's he's strung together like three good weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. This one was just like an ins- a fire Sunday, but yeah, I'm not debating that. What? No, what? This week? No, it wasn't. You said he just double bogeyed the final hole. Yeah, but he was like unconscious. He like bogeyed, he birdied five holes in a row. I mean, he went and then bo- he, he went 66, 67, 71, 66. I'd say he was he was like leading after the first round. Okay, I didn't know. I just saw his Sunday round, but it was a, he had like the round of the day, I think, Sunday. 
I and, could be wrong. And we're no, he didn't. Matthew Southgate did, but Fisher had a great Sunday, had a great tournament. He's in good form. I, I don't want to say that um, because I don't know. But do you think that Europe is open to taking any of the live guys? Because that would make their team a lot better. Who, who, other than Sergio? Like who? Could I mean, just even just, just put Sergio on. Fuck, take, take if Casey's not dead, take him. I wouldn't rather uh, take nah, Peters. I'm not there. Okay. Peters like, is on my dime a dozen list. Oh yeah, Peters is one of those guys. Cole Sertz is probably on one of those teams. Dime a dozen list. Yeah. There's is there like a random Spanish dude like uh, Campillo or something like that? No, uh, Rafa, random Spanish dude on the list. Okay. Dime a dozen euro. No, maybe even in the moment. In the moment. In the moment. Danny Willett. Did he deserve to be on the team? Yes. Best friend? Yes. Dime a dozen? Yes. <laughs> Victor Dubuisson, in the moment, deserved it. Dime a dozen. Wasn't on the next. Uh, Thor Bjorn, even he had a great little adventure there. Dime a dozen. Uh, but Chris Wood, I'm sure he deserved it. Dime a dozen. Bern Wiesberger, he was on fire. Still dime a dozen. And that doesn't even include having to drag along the bodies of 43-year-old Thomas Bjorn and Paul Lowry. All they do is ship fucking nonsense but they win they're so good at it so like people on the other side are like these guys are idiots they're bashing how we build our team all we do is win 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 i'm not even bashing how they build their team i'm saying like to take a dime a dozen guy over aberg is fucking insane to me but again we're now being redundant we did something we didn't want to do and it's my fault as always Let's see here. How how European was the John Deere? Like we got a European tour Sunday on the John Deere. Not really. I I, I always qualify a European tour Sunday as like yeah we got the guy from the back of the pack who shot the outrageous score to win, but we didn't get the guy who was just winning the whole time shooting eighty or something like that just to blow it. Wait, there's the European the European tour usually works. There's one guy that rises, but then there's another guy who absolutely collapses. No one really absolutely collapsed at the John Deere. Like Todd made that bogey on sixteen, and once he made that, he had to go birdie birdie, and then he didn't birdie the easy seventeen. That was the end of him. But if he had just parred sixteen, now maybe he ends up making birdie on seventeen, then he's in that playoff. Like he was the one who had the chance. It just felt like no one. I mean, that's the one problem when you get to this quality of field that when you have so few guys that have been there on a Sunday needing to make a birdie to get into a playoff I mean that was the one thing about Ricky at the Rocket Mortgage it had been a while since he had really been in that spot but he had built up I mean, he built up that Sunday at the U.S. Open went through that experience of getting it and you know kind of blowing it not being able to capitalize but I mean dude's won five times if he needs to make a birdie on the 72nd hole at least you have a bit of faith that he can do that and when Alex Smalley is standing there Adam Shank it's like yeah it's probably the end of these guys yeah and that's why I bet on those losers <laughs> uh we did get a full Europe European show in Europe is like Bobby Mack was up three <laughs> And then he, like, quad bogeys. And then you think there's no way that 13 could get into a playoff on this course with the easy holes coming home. And, and Rasmus gets into a playoff and wins a home event. It was That was pure Euro. And the guy leading on 18 makes bogey. Bobby Mack is another one who could be in the conversation if he gets hot. Like, this is his stretch. Scottish Open, British Open, two good performances there. Then all of a sudden, he's in the conversation again. Agreed. 
Um, and I, and I should have been you. able to hold on to a pillow fight over the weekend, but I, I mean, in terms of being worthy of that team, that's kind of a, it's a lot of guys who struggle in pillow fights, kind of. I mean, it's, it's these courses. I love the courses on the, I even like the Himmerlin course too, the one in Denmark. I just think there's all the P all the like nondescript PGA courses. Like, yeah, like TPC river high ones is nice. TPC or deer run is nice, but they all kind of resemble each other. Like every, that's a one fun thing about the Euro tour is that all of the courses are super unique. Like when do we get to go to the mountain course in Austria? That one's awesome. Where they had the 13 man playoff or whatever it was with Rory. I have no idea. That's fair. When I, I I didn't even know. I thought that there wasn't even a subfield last next week. So it shows you what I'm on on the schedule. And can I tell you? You guys can think I'm normally a mess. You're like all fresh and vacationed. I am not Although, fresh. I I am sick right now. Well, yeah. Sometimes that happens, and you have too good of a time. So I take that as Pat had a great time. My weekend was my wife's away at a spa. Normal thing. Girls trip. Uh, so I'm alone with the kids. And then I forgot like a big omission in my, in, in what I thought was going to happen. It was like, nice Sunday night. My wife will come home. She's fully on duty. My wife gets home on Sunday, late in the day. It was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Beyonce tonight. So I'm just like a, I'm in a haze larger than normal, but Hey, let's go find a runner up finish. It's in Scotland. Did she, uh, did she enjoy Beyonce? Truth be told, we haven't even conversed much. <laughs> and that's no indictment. I kind of overslept this morning. She got the kids off to camp. She got herself off to work. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a nice long chat later. I'm sure she loved Beyonce. After a weekend being like groped by handsome muscular massage men. So I'm sure she's in a great place. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Let's move to Z Scottish Open. We'll get to the Barbasol after that. You can always check the time codes. Once again, smash the like while you are here. Sub to Mayo Media Network. Sub to the free newsletter. And we got some special shows coming out over the course of the next week. I mean, we're going to ramp up. It's the final major of the year, so we got to go hard with the content. We might have six. We have at least five shows. There might be six straight days of unique coverage coming for Hoylake. Uh, tomorrow, though, Jeff, is the Elite Eight of the best sitcom bracket. Gary and I recorded an episode about our three favorite episodes of each of the eight remaining shows, so you can vote on that starting this evening or tomorrow morning, whenever it might be, um, and uh, I highly recommend that you check out that show. It was a lot of fun to do. For the Scottish Open, uh, we're back at the Renaissance Club, and that site but brought back that players under par bet, and I, I didn't blindly bet it. I went and looked at it, but I forgot that I believe they changed the par from this to par 71 to par 70 at some point over the course of the past two years. So I was like, yeah, there was like 95 guys under par. There's only 24 last year. It played in very difficult conditions. Although I made the bet of, I think it's 40 players under par. But now I'm like, I'm a bit, don't, don't love it as much. Uh, might have to go back and retroactively do some research and maybe cash out that bet. Although it opened at plus 150 and closed at minus 200, and I think it's gone once again. So I still think it's pretty decent, but totally forgot about that when I was making the bet. So you should probably do a bit more research instead of running to beat the right line and uh, get the best VIG. You probably want to actually have a good idea of what you're betting on first. But I do have that bet in. I'll probably end up rolling with it. Uh, at the top of the board, we got a great field at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're taking a look at Scotty Scheffler being the favorite at 6-1. to one. Rory is 7.5-1. to one. Cantlay is, let's see, 12-1. to one. Xander, the defending champ, is 14. Ricky and Hovland are both 18. That's where we'll stop. The top six on the board. You had made mention to me beforehand that, you know, Ricky Fowler wins in Detroit and now at a great field, he's also 18-1. to one. Yeah, like I've enjoyed the Ricky win, everything that comes from it as without having a scent on it, real or fake. Now I feel dumber though. Like he's now the same number to win this event as he was to win a no nothing field in Detroit at a course he likes. And now he's like 21 to one to win the open freaking <laughs> championship. So now I feel like a little worse about actually not cashing any Ricky money still feel great for him if you'd have told me pat we would be in july we would be at an official pga tour event my boy victor and ricky had the same number my first thought would have been like oh my god what happened to victor <laughs> right let's go i mean this is great i don't really have a bet here um if i had to pick from under 20 to 1 I mean, I got my nice Hoylake Victor. I don't know if I need to protect that. This course could be too easy for Victor. Um, Cantley is always a guy like, I don't think I'm betting, but under 20 to 1, he'd probably be my pick at 12 or 14. It's really tough to get a gauge on what's going on because last year, like it played really hard last year. And a lot of that was to do with the course completely dried out. Uh, this year, there's been a bit of rain, so it's going to be a little bit softer. But you can get these. That's, that's the scary thing about the players under par bet is that you just hope that it gets there by the cut line. Because if it doesn't, you might end up with one of these like 45 mile per hour wind rounds. Then everyone shoots 76 and you're fucked. So I hope that doesn't happen. But looking back at it last year, like Fleetwood's played this course really well. He was fourth here 
Um, last year, he lost in a playoff to Aaron Rye two years ago. And to look at the very top guys, like Cantlay was T4, Xander won it. I don't know. I don't know if I can really get there with anything. Scheffler missed the cut here, I believe, at this one. I remember betting Spieth at this last year, and he, like, gagged it on the final day. That's just my recollection I of like, what was going on. <laughs> um, Yeah, and Xander, yeah, you mentioned the huge comeback. And I believe this is where the Ryder Cup was, where they took Gallagher. At the Renaissance Club? Yeah. Ryder Cup Scotland. No. Uh, now, it was at the Centenary Course at Glen Eagles Hotel. That says in Perth. That, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, Perth and... No, Glen Eagle. It was Glen Eagles. Glen it was Eagles. Glen Eagles. I, yeah, so, so yeah, for not sure. that Now course. that you said that. I Maybe, I don't know. Renaissance, they've been back here a lot. Um, yeah, I don't really see myself under 20. Rory feels due. He plays well. He contends. He doesn't win. Um, he should be comfortable here. You would think so. And... I mean, Rory has a pretty good track record of closing on the European tour so far this year. I think he's one for two or one for one when he beat Patrick Reed over in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. What a great win. We've had some really great, like, win moments this year. That that still has to be one of them. I don't even know if that counts as last year. Was that January or December? Probably January. Um, I, I'm not. I don't see myself getting anywhere under tw- under twenty. The problem, though, is Pat. Is this tournament's going to start? A lot of people are going to be making their bets in those low twenties, and then we're going to be mad at ourselves for probably not just paying up for a nicer meal. Because I, it feels I, like these guys behind could be a little short too. It, like for what we're used to. It, it does. And it seems like a lot of it is based on both Euro tour and especially course history. Maybe this is a place where the same guys continuously play well, but I don't know. Do you really, I mean, Cantley at 14 is not a bad bet. I don't think like this is, it, this is especially like, is Cantley the new Ricky? Like when you take a look at like Ricky's first five, six years on tours, is he just Patrick Cantley. I mean, maybe I, um, not, I mean, ex- not, not, not exciting Ricky Fowler. There should be okay. You're not ta- obviously. There's nothing to do with personality or or endearment of fans, but I mean there should be more wins. That being said, Ricky Fowler, like the guys, won Memorial twice and won a FedEx Cup, so it feels like he's accomplished exponentially more. But he's also older. Like he's old because he was out forever with the back. I mean old, but we like in our mind he wasn't in part of this like ecosystem. He was at that hiatus early in his career. So he's older than I think the perception is. But he's accomplished way more than Ricky. I mean, would would you rather win the FedEx Cup or would you rather win the players? Because I'd rather win the players. I would rather win the players. Yeah, I would rather win the players. And Ricky did. But I still feel for... um, I don't know. The totality of... Maybe I'm underestimating how many wins cantley has um i think cantley's i don't know I, i'm just rambling cantley at 12 14 to 1 this week pat when he goes off in majors at like 16 to 1 does not feel like a horrible bet that, that's what i'm saying like i don't know if i want to back him next week but you know, his odds aren't going to be discernibly different like what is he to win the open championship right now 20 to 1 no, you'd actually be pretty surprised. Um, it's actually pretty high. Oh. It, it, I saw people are sick of it. Well, well, oh yeah, twenty-five to well, one. 
Yeah, relative for Cantley, it was it's high. I didn't mean like actually like a big number, but it's the same number as freaking like Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, well, that's a hard pass on Fleetwood at twenty five to one. But I guess Cam Smith did just win on Live. So and he's the defending open champion. So he's sixteen to one this time. So he's occupying that Cantley spot on the betting board. Whereas for the past, I guess the Masters he was up there, but for the PGA championship in the US Open, he was like thirty five to one. And now he's back up to like fifteen, sixteen to one. Well, as we sort of mentioned, people paying attention noticed that Cam Smith self-admitted he really didn't try to golf before the (laughs) Masters. So his season essentially started like post-Augusta practicing, and now it seems like he's very much in form. Looking back at the years previous, so last year it was Xander in what became just a scramble fest. Like you needed to be solid tee to green. Before that, Min Wu uh, had a huge charge on Sunday and beat Dietrich and Fitzpatrick in the playoff. And you had like professional scrambler Lucas Herbert uh, missing it by a stroke. You had Poulter and Ryan Palmer, Rom, Justin Thomas. Who else was Xander was up there again. You had Scotty Scheffler. I'm just going to be straight with you. Like I saw Justin Thomas at 40 and I'm thinking about betting it. Fuck it. I maybe go to Scotland, get your game back. Okay. That would literally be like the case. Cause the case is hard to make it. Yeah. Like, just get out of whatever this PGA tour, like North American East coast summertime setup. Just get, go to somewhere that is totally not that. And maybe that's exactly what he needs right now. Um, okay, congrats! Like I'm, I haven't, I, 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 I haven't bet it, but it's just like I looked at the board, and it's just like, all right, that makes sense to me. Just get him in a completely different situation. You know, let, I, I think we talked about this on last week's show. Just like maybe a switch to somewhere where it's not just driver wedge every single time you have to hit some like low stingers get a bit creative with your shots like almost like the same thing where spieth was always good at the open championship even when he wasn't playing well just because like it triggers a different part of your brain i'm just you know a 40 to 1 bet on thomas i can see it happening at the same time i can see you haven't been chasing it no i haven't bet on him once (laughs) yeah you're not one of these guys that even like as it got to like I was part of it, Pat. Like when it got to like 25, like 30, I'm in. But I also got off quickly realizing something is not right here. And obviously even the Traveler's successful weekend wasn't enough because Detroit became a shit show. I don't think I'm I'm tailing it. Um, but I'm also like not really interested in betting Minwoo Lee shorter than him that's a lot of the problems this week when I was looking and trying to mine value from the board. So outside of the top six, um, and now I have the Open Championship pulled up. Let me get back to the Scottish Open. Here we go. Hatton is 22. Fleetwood's 22. Fitz is 22. Spieth is 22. Wyndham Clark is 35. Then you have Shane Lowry, Minwoo Lee, Max Homa before you get to maybe some of the range that I actually do like a little bit more. This 40 section has Thomas at 40, Rose at 40, Tom Kim at 45, Sungjae at 45, Burns at 45, your boy Ludwig Eiberg at 45. And then it's like Connors and Adam Scott both at 50 to 1. That's that little mini range from 20 to 50. Could be. I mean, this was the spot where Tom Kim broke onto the scene last year, basically at this course. He's been playing a lot better golf recently. 
I mean, didn't play didn't play all that great in uh, Detroit. Ended up missing the cut, but the approach was back at the U.S. Open. The approach was back at the Travelers Championship. Uh, when we see him at the Scottish last year, he ended up coming inside the top five at huge odds. Now he's back. Thomas is here. Probably don't love Aberg at this, but Rose is someone, I mean, he should have won in Britain two weeks ago and just kind of gagged it away after a great first round. I think that he could be most definitely. He's been over there for a while. I know that the uh, the, the Betfred Belfry isn't really a link style course, but just being over in that area of the world, getting acclimated to the time zone, the fescue greens, I think it really help him. He's been, he's been playing um, great. I, Listen, I noticed that on the odds checker grid, Pat, there wasn't even a single 30 listing. Like, there's no one in, in the 30s here this week. As for Rose, yeah, I would say of those guys um, past, once you get out of the 20s, like, sure, he's on my short list but in 40 to 60. Um, Shane Lowry is on my short list. If it plays easy, can he hit the putts? I don't know. I thought I would never play him again, having not bet him at the Canadian Open, but watching him at the Canadian Open, like really struggle on an easy hole and like me able to quantify like my I've seen my mom like execute that shot plenty like has stuck with me, but I can get off that. I can get off that. I like I like Lowry. Um, I don't know. You mentioned this was an opening party for tom kim last year what wouldn't be necessarily be a coming out party but i expect ludwig to do what ludwig's been doing this week as well to be perfectly honest all the value is beaten out of him though he should be 80 to 100 to one not he shouldn't have shorter odds than Corey connors 100 percent, especially in this field that's another guy that's another guy i could be on this week Corey Connors. I could see uh, it. He's like, not played well here. That scares the shit out of me. But I really, in this in this range, um, I like I like Connors. Like above fifty to one, I like guys that might actually be able to win. He's probably my favorite player. And if it wasn't for course history, I could have smashed it. It's interesting to think about because we get, you know, we, we talk about the putting splits all the time between Bent and Bermuda. Like, fescue greens are just a totally different piece. They tend to run much slower than what you see over in America. Like, I, I mean, we have a ton of fescue courses around here. And even just going from, like, the bent grass green courses to the fescue courses, the fescue ones, just so slow in comparison. They just have, like, weird undulations. They're, like, s- slower POA in a lot of senses. Now, maybe for these tournaments, they can make them a little bit stronger. But, like, do you ever remember an open championship being played where it's like, yeah, the greens are gigantic for sure, but it's not like, oh, he just touched that and it went 35 feet past the hole. It's like, no. Like, guys can putt pretty well at the British Open. Yeah, they always seem to. And we've even seen, like, shitty putters putt putt very well at the British Open. Yeah, and, like, you've seen Luke List finish inside the top five at this course in the past. <laughs> like, there's Ryan Palmer did it last year. Palmer's probably someone to look at if if he's in the field. I suppose he probably is. No, he's not in the field this week because he's actually had some pretty decent finishes uh, over the course of his career here. How does Taylor Montgomery keep getting into these fields? He hasn't been good in, like, six months. I didn't even notice. And where is he on the board? I, 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 I have no idea. His best finish, he came fifth at the American Express. He doesn't have a top 30 since. And this was a guy who was like 15 to 1 for every swing season event and finished top five in all of them. 
Interesting. How do you feel about Hatton? I like Hatton a lot. I, I know think... we kind of glossed over, like sort of made a joke about Tommy, who never performs as Chalk. He does not do well as Chalk. We're like Wells Fargo, just <laughs> total. And then, like, when he's Chalk, it's almost, Pat, I almost hope Tommy Fleetwood shoots an 81-81, and then nobody wants him next week and his numbers can go up. I'm thinking this range of Hatton, Fitz, Spieth is the range that we need to be looking at. That's kind of where my odds, my eyes were immediately. It was more like Hatton, Tommy, Spieth. I mean, sorry, Hatton, Tommy, Fitz. But I totally see how Spieth is a perfect fit here, and you could interchange any part of that. What has Jordan been up to, anyway? I feel like I've just kind of lost the thread on what his season's been up to. Jordan Spieth. Let's see here. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, he hasn't played since the U.S. Open. That's why. And he missed the cut there. So it's been – he had a, he had a bat – what? No, I think he just – I mean, he was at Wimbledon last week hanging with, like, Zalatoris and Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler. Fitz – I mean, listen, Fitz has lost in the playoff here before. He historically plays pretty well here. And, I mean, get Hatton on fescue courses. I mean, the guy's already putting lights out. He's having a fantastic year. He's been the best player in the world without a win. I – by my math, at least. That's what I mean. It was almost like the argument, not even the argument, in discussing, you know, the Fowler season. It was like, well, so many pl- guys are playing great that haven't won this year. Cantley and Hatton sort of topped that list. Uh, but I would agree. Hatton is probably statistically the best golfer without a win. Winning is really hard. Um I don't even know if the, this number is probably I'm trying to see what what is he's probably super short for next week, which would make me more inclined to be happy to bet it this week. What is he thirty to one next week? That's not a bad number. Twenty eight to one on DraftKings next week for Hatton. So yeah, I'd rather bet him at twenty two to win today than next week at twenty eight. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I. I Never. What do you mean? Never mind. You can you can say what you. Well, mean. like someone made a comment. Like I'm a wor- someone made a comment that I'm a worse better now because I value farm, and I didn't used to do that. I don't really think I value farm. I I, I don't. And there's I'm a always and there's a trying ca- to and there's a talk. case that you're just as bad now as you've always been. Thank you. Like shit. Ricky Fowler wins at eighteen to one. I start my card at sixty with um. Yeah, you know, with Taylor Moore and Small, or I don't know, and, and Aberg, and I'm also I'm a value better because I did bet the chalk at the fucking Detroit. No, you really let one person's internet opinion affect you, huh? No, I'm just I'm not. I don't think I'm, I'm like that's. I don't think that's even possible. I, I assure you, if you looked in my pendings, there'd be nothing that screams value. Um value better and like you i'm now stuck on the open championship page so we gotta find our way let's circle to the so is, it hatton? Fi- is it hatton what about just hatton and cantley just call it a week i was thinking hatton and fits maybe cantley though yeah cantley hatton fits just three of them yeah Although I know I can talk myself into absolute jabronis down this list. Like, I, I mean, I was just talking about Tom Kim, Thomas, and Justin Rose. Like, I'm 
probably going to end up with one of them. So I can't go too heavy at the top of the board. I don't know if I'll end up getting to Cantley. Cantley's probably the play, though, now that I'm looking at it. Can't Tom wait. Kim of your list there is probably my favorite. Tom Kim and Connors are my favorite north of 50 to 1 golfers. I mean, Tom Kim, I'm seeing at 45. Connors, I'm seeing at 50. Okay, so that is kind of cheating. I cheated. Um, yeah, no. In that range, if I avoid the top, it's like Connors, Kim, Lowry. And if I think the course is going to play hard, Adam Scott could be on my radar. Okay. If you think the course is going to play hard, you'd then want Adam Scott. When was the last time Adam Scott won anything? Never. Long, long effing time. But I, I don't know. You want to play Adam Scott at easy courses? I mean, do I want to play him at is hard courses? Is better? I guess, yeah. Where? Why would you want to play Adam Scott anywhere is probably the fair um, rebuttal. But, I, yeah, I didn't... I, not necessarily complaining about the odds this week because there are weeks where like I truly do complain. I just nothing is popping here for me, like it did at the Barbersall. Yeah, that's true. There was there was two names at the Barbersall that I looked at. I was like, oh, those are good odds. I'll bet those. Let's go to the fifty to one plus range. I mean, Aaron Rye seventy five to one on DraftKings. That's by far the best number. DraftKings is hanging some good numbers on across both tournaments that are just better than market everywhere else. But I'm probably going to bet Aaron Rye at sixty six to one on my book. I would much rather bet him at seventy five to one. I might play that with the each way though. I, I wrote him up uh, for my column on uh, DraftKings Network now, as they're calling it, no longer DraftKings Nation, DraftKings Network, that, you know, he's won this tournament in the past. That's always a bonus. He loves coastal courses. He loves putting on fescue. He loves Lynx-style courses. And he's playing great golf once every two weeks. So if you're someone who just really sticks to the trends, this is going to be a bad Aaron Rye week with his irons because over his past six tournaments, he's gone losing with his irons, to at least 6.7 strokes gained with his irons every second week. And this would be the second week, so technically he'd have to lose with his irons at this point. But he's putting well for the first time in ages. He's gained in three straight. You know, the irons continue to click. The short game is clicking. Uh, the driving is clicking. I think it's a pretty good number for a guy that I think is starting to play better in America but plays really well in Europe. He's very consistent. Um. And he's been very, like, how do you put this? You almost have, like he's been as on top of first round leaderboards more than anybody. Who did you used to always was it Charlie Hoffman? Ho or someone it, else that used to it, be it, obsessed it, with Munoz. Yeah, they okay. went to live. <laughs> he might be the. He should be the new. I know a lot of people. I mean, this isn't like a new thing. Um, and you're late to the party. And I don't bet first round leaders or I feel like i should have been uh, so i don't feel like i'm missing anything uh yeah i mean i could vouch for his consistency i don't know if i trust that he can win this but we have seen it get kind of random here um lately and maybe a lot of the top players like the, it's still that narrative where we're the week before a major and a lot of the top players could I mean, i'm not saying they're not here to win it's it's obviously a lot of incentive for that but you know it's all that all that stuff that goes around the week before the majors for guys who are like the top 10, 12 names on odds boards, they're work, not necessarily working on things, but you know, getting themselves more focused to next week. Are you surprised to see Sahith where he's at down at 70 to one? 
Um, has he ever played here before? Uh, that I do not know. I doubt it. So yeah, I don't think. I no, mean, I can hasn't. see guys. Um, I mean, in that case, no. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of variables to how these sorts of things set up and play. Um, was he in the Open last year? I don't believe so. Let's see, the Open. Yes, he was. He came 34th in the Open last year. Well, so great. So kind of, um, yeah, happy I asked these questions. It's always good to have those first runs. That's not something I'm into. I'm seeing Alex Smalley. Apparently, they dropped huge numbers on him this morning, Pat, that people were all over, like double what it is now. I, I can see that being the case. He finished inside the top 10 here last year. He's down to 65 to 1 in this field, so I'll take a hard pass on that. So you got. I think our friend, our friend Tom Jacobs, I think, like, at the gate, mentioned he got placings on 140 to 1. That I would do, but that I cannot do, so I'm not going to bet him at 65 to 1. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Now it's I'd rather bet Tom Kim at uh, you know I'd rather eat the points, bet the guy. Like I said, Corey Connors. There's other guys in this range. And I rather Smalley's in a range. Now Smalley's in a range with guys I just would way bet way more than him. Yeah. But once we get back to um, if he wants to play in the 3M and have fun, I'll be back because I was on Smalley last week. I thought I might have had something, but no, Sep wagon. Instead of Smalley, at guys at deeper odds from this range, I mentioned I like Aaron Rye. I, Moronk is sitting here at 75-1. to 1. If you only look at his PGA starts, they're not fantastic by any means. He missed the cut at... He missed the cut in Canada. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but he rebounded nicely. He was third in Germany. He was 15th at the British Masters over the course of the past month. So he's starting to get his game back. And like I said, the dude just wins a lot uh, on the European Tour. And he won in Australia as well. So, you know, get him. He's like prestige worldwide, wide, wide, Adrian Moronk. And maybe he needs to do a few things now uh, and have a top-end finish here to get himself back on. Kitayama would be the other one. He was second at this tournament last year. Dude... I mentioned, I remember I did the research show for the API, didn't bet him, didn't play him. And it was like, yeah, Kitayama loves coastal courses and then just forgot about it. Dude loves coastal courses. He's won a bunch of times on the European tour on coastal courses. Why not Kitayama at 90 to 1? We know we can win. So that would have been the name that I would have given you and, you know, deep on the board in front of 100. I don't think I'm going to have any money to bet 90 to 1 this week. Um, based on where my headspace is where that card is going seems like how do you put this i can rant how like nothing is fair even if you think an odd is fair nothing here is fair to guess which of 150 guys is going to be the best and luckiest golfer of the week uh who's the most popular player the book should just feed us like a 10 point boost and say go have fun like chase it chase it go have fun clowns um kitiyama i'd argue might be like one of the fairest odds on this board I'm still not betting it, but that would be the case. He's played well here. Well, you well, but I'm not. You, I'm you, not touching it. You, you get the you get like the Seb Straka syndrome with Kitayama, where he's going to be inside the top five, or he's going to be dead last in this tournament. It's outright betting. That's better than the other guys you're going to pick at ninety to one. Like that. Um, that's what. That's all you can ask for. Who gives a shit? Let's see here. Trying to see if there's any trends among winners. Xander was top 10. They've only played the Renaissance Club for four years, so this isn't Castle Stewart with Ricky winning. So Xander was 10th, and then he won. Minwoo Lee was 30th, and then he won. Aaron Rye missed the cut, and then he won. Who am I missing here? 
I guess that's everyone. Who won the first year that it was here? Well, Weisberger won the first year that it was here. So he's on live, so he's not going to be in the field. I thought it was strange. Okay. You, know, you know how some of the live guys can play in the Euro Tour events? I thought there might be some sort of challenge that where this is a co-sanctioned event with the DP World Tour that like Patrick Reed would try to play. I wish. It'd be nice. Um, my memories of this place, outside of last year where we acknowledge it got really hard, is that the winner is just hitting it to four feet. Like a ridiculous amount. Maybe that's every week on the PGA Tour for the most part. Uh, but, I mean, when Rye won, Rye won at 11 under. Now, the Weisberger year, yes. Like there's been two victories, I think, like minus 20 or better. But like the moment the wind picks up, it gets incredibly difficult. So I, I, I think guess that's uh, what just, yeah, I'm thinking I'm betting closer to the top and like, that's the, when you have the variable of weather, I don't know, it could just be such a kick in the nuts. I would leave some, some ammo for a live bet here. I mean, a lot of, I saw a couple of people tweeted me that they hammered Seb Straka after round one, because like everything pointed to his approach play was just on, couldn't do anything else. Like, yeah, fuck it. 150 to one might as well rolled the dice and all of a sudden he gets himself back into it. Is there anyone from beyond a hundred to one that you like? Yes, but I would need a duck as people threw pies at my face. Thirsty Lawrence, 250 to one. No, Max, probably Ke less embarrassing. Max Keitha. It's an outstanding course history. So just acknowledge that before you laugh at me standing for um, my what? boy Detry. Oh, of course. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> Every week. Hey, you got 100 to 1. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's got a lovely few runs, few runs here. Uh, well, what's, what are Bjork's odds? Like, I'd rather bet him if he's like a better number. Yeah, obviously it's probably way better that guy is um just training top tens top fives even i bet him last week and then all of a sudden like he had a tear i was there like a massive wind split day one in denmark because there was a bunch of guys who were like five six over par and they all rebounded for the rest of the week bjork was i don't think he was five over but i think he was like two over one over after the first round he's actually only 110 to one he has better he has worse he has lower odds higher odds lower odds anyway he's, he's 110 to one detry's 130 to one they are not letting you, Euro, you and Sky at the European Tour Sharks get them on Bjork this week, eh? Ten to one. I guess not. Um, <laughs> I don't know because, truth be told, I didn't pay any attention to that tournament till yesterday morning. But I was watching when they did a walk and talk with Bjork, who wasn't like in contention, but in the middle of a lovely Sunday round to keep up his world-class form at the moment and he was just gushing at how great he feels over the golf ball is there a at the moment. i mean i guess aberg would have won this bet last week because i think he ended up better than blixt but bjork as low swede versus aberg might be a nice bet so there's a few of the i mean obviously there's probably random ones that we're unfamiliar with but um yeah, so your competition would be Norin and Norman. I think Norman's playing Barbasol. 
Oh, yeah, you're right, 40 to 1. I remember I saw his name on an odd board. Let's see. Yeah, I don't um, see Swede. Where are we at? Scandinavian. Oh, yeah, low Swede. Aberg plus, well, there's seven of them in the field. Bjork is plus 333, has the same odds as Norin. And then we need to fade Simon Forstrom, Sebastian Soterberg, Joachim Langram, and Lingmurth at 12 to 1. Aberg's the favorite, though, plus 190. Yeah, you could maybe Aberg is worth, like as high as I am on late on Aberg, there's still, I like I totally agree that well, not that you even said there's chances to pick on him, but like now that he is this number, if someone wanted to pick on Aberg with, I don't prove it like any of those guys. I don't know what the heads up the heads up matchups would be. I, I wouldn't like totally be against that. I don't think that they would have a heads up matchup. I just didn't realize there were so many Swedes in the field. Like I thought essentially you'd be getting a, a three ball, not a seven ball. Yeah, you're uh, playing, but it's the co-sanction, like you mentioned, Forstrom, Soderstrom, it's a bunch of randos. Yeah, but you might get taken. I mean, this this if, if listen, if this is a co-sanctioned PGA tour and DP World Tour event, you know, I, I would expect some of that DP World Tour insanity to creep into it. We're gonna end up with okay. like three guys like we legit don't know what country they're from inside the top ten at some point. Deep inside the Pat Mayo experience, Mayo Media Network cussed history trivia is, do you know that Simone Forstrom was the first ever player that Tim starred on a golf app? That was him? Was it not? I don't think so. No, because he, he just, all of the guys that he starred were live guys. No, and then this one totally random Swede was the first was that was the picture he sent us when what? he's like I just learned to star players. He played in the U.S. Open. Oh yeah, he was cut. One at of the these US guys. Open. Yeah, there he was. He won he earlier this shit, year. I but think sometimes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good pull. Bjork, by the way. Probably has the best form of any player entering this event. Uh, over his past 12 weeks, he has played 10 times, has not finished outside the top 30, and has finished inside the top 10 of six of his past seven starts. So obviously the form is outstanding, and I'm just going to do what you, like... How do you... We get in these situations where how do we even quantify how good he is? I have no I idea. Mean, I agree. Right? Like, compare him to the most random PGA player. Is he better? I, you see, that's an interesting one, because I don't know. Like, is Lucas Glover or Alexander Bjelk a better player? Couldn't tell you. I would trust Bjork more on a Scottish Open-style links course than I would, like, a random PGA guy. Like, even if he is objectively a worse he has lower talent than maybe some of the PGA guys. I do think that there is a bit of an equalizer playing in Europe. I'm nervous. About what? Dad, it's just going to be like a bunch of randoms. I mean, it, it's not, man. It's not going to be a bunch of randoms. Like, look who has won. It's been all established guys who have won. You've had Weisberger. I mean, Rye was established in Europe, and it wasn't a co-sanctioned event at the time. Like, the field wasn't as strong as it is right now. And then you get Minwoo, and then you get Xander. And when you take a look at the players, like, even the Dietrich Fitzpatrick playoff that they go to. Fleetwood was in the playoff with Aaron Rye. Like, the guys who were the guys were up there.
It's another Fleetwood playoff memory. Not a good one. What'd you think of the people touting Cam Young for the Open Championship this week? I would say that St. Andrews is a much different course and is kind of an outlier in the open rota from what we see at most open championships. And it's probably different than Deer Run, you'd say? I would say maybe a little bit different than Deer Run, potentially so. Hey, a lot of uneven lies at Deer Run. But when you go back and look, like what was Cam Young's best performance basically this year before this week it was a top 10 at the masters where else did he who plays well people who play well at the masters tend to play well at yeah it was let me fucking finish (laughs) go ahead i just said my i said where you said where did he play well that's uh, i was trying to make a point but no it's fine no no make it don't worry about it don't worry about the point okay then i'll say i'm not here for for it as it pertains to next week but i think it is good like he acknowledged he made um like some changes with his putting stroke and his fundamentals um or his technique sorry not fundamentals with putting and it seemed like it's been working although we've seen like even the worst players like you get a new putter you make a change like you have this amazing first week i don't know if it can mean anything there is sustainable Potentially so. I might, I, I might play. No, I don't care about the point anymore. Bjork, I can play with an each way extra, get him to top 10 places at 110 to 1. That might be a bit more palatable for me because I don't know if he does have the juice to win this tournament, but he keeps reeling off top 10s. Yeah, it should be comfortable. And like you said, he's, he, he feels outstanding right now so he's got all the fields the fields you know even that placing could be a big ask but i don't know what do i know i'll be betting chalk okay i think that'll do it for the scottish you want to jump over to the barbasol yeah another shrimp on the barbasol the the matt wiley open see has wiley become too big time where he's now abandoned the barbasol to like go play in the world series of poker is he in the is he playing in the world series of poker I know he was putting out feelers where, like, should I go? Should I not go? And then it looked like he decided to go. Well, it's in day four right now as we're recording this, so I don't oh, think I don't, I don't think that he's playing. Shout out so, to yeah, or sh- okay, so he's at his Muskoka estate, which is also amazing. Potentially, I'd love to go to potentially. So I mean, just just call him up. It's just north of the city from you. But uh, shout out to Scott who is you know watches the show had me as a as a guest at tpc vegas with uh when rick and i played with him down there he's like one out of the money right now i think uh at the world series of poker i mean maybe he's in the money as we speak of this maybe he's out i don't know but i saw that he was getting very close to the money uh, and he's won it before so it'd be nice to see him uh, have another deep run at the main event it'd be awesome pendrith is the favorite by the way at the purpose <laughs> Should we just say uh, our should we, should we say our bets? Just do that. Uh yeah, so we bet one guy the same, although now that I've looked at it a little deeper, Pat, I think I need to tell you on that on that second guy. So probably like everyone on earth 
who had access to DraftKings this morning bet Lucas Glover 35 to 1 on DraftKings. Correct. Because I didn't, because I, obviously I don't have access where I'm at. So I went to go to mine and was like, oh, perfect, Glover. He was like 18 to 1. I was like, oh, fuck off. So thank you um, for that one. So 35 to 1 on Glover. I bet Merritt at 60. Merritt at DraftKings is now down to 45. So now I'm not going to copy that one because I missed the number and I was too slow or I'm like, I'm not betting Troy Merritt. I did, though, like the chalk monkey I am, bet Peter Cust at 40 to 1 on DraftKings, who's now down to 30. Um, I was just playing great. It's a jabroni field. Like, I, I don't know. That didn't seem unfair. I, I like backing young kids before they've accomplished anything. And I, I do like that. I can continue to call him Custy Pete or Peter Cust. Just It just works out so well. What is the actual pronunciation? Not Qu- that it'll matter because he's always Peter Cust. Quest. Quest. Okay, yeah. A Galaxy Quest. Um, are you... I know it's a different stratosphere of number, but you have no interest in like Akshay at 30? Uh, I feel like I bet him at this number in Puerto Rico or something like that. I think he ended up coming in second, whatever it was. You know, I've broken through a few times this year, but a lot of second place finishes. Uh, man, what's the winning score going to be? Like 24 under? Something like that? You would think in, in and around that, yeah. I just don't know if Batia's got the putts in him here. That's... Every time that he putts well, it's on pass Powell. Every single time. All of the Caribbean events, when he won on the Corn Ferry Tour, it was in the Caribbean. Where else did he play well this year? Mexico on pass Palom greens. Once it gets, uh, I mean, Poa, maybe he can do that. He should be playing over in Scotland. Those are slow greens. He can figure that one out. But he hasn't gained strokes putting since the Mexico Open when he gained five and a half. So he's lost on the greens in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine of his past ten events. And, I mean, at least last week, it was only a stroke and a half. But we got some in here, like, seven strokes lost, four strokes lost. Not the type of event where that's going to that's gonna cut it. Yeah. So, that would worry me. And Merritt's playing better golf right now. Tambo talked me into him last week, and he actually kind of saved my ass on a couple of uh, DraftKings lineups. And he's won this event before. There are a few guys I could be maybe taught. I have a young gun, Kevin Streelman, I think could work well here. I think um, Justin Lauer withdrew last week, I believe. Just, this is his major then? He was he was top 10 last year at this course. Yeah, he's such a great putter. I mean, 40 to 1. It all, and, you know, they all feel short here, obviously, when you're used to betting these guys like 150. Um, if you want Malnati at 50. Uh, he had a shitty week last week. I think he missed the cut, but was obviously had a pretty strong um, Detroit. Poor Aaron Cockrell. He came over and played the Canadian Open. It ruined his season. Because he had that streak, hey. that top 20 streak going into the Canadian Open. He's missed every cut since. So I don't want to put that on me, <laughs> but like I did walk in the ropes. He invited me in the ropes with him on Tuesday. On one of the days, um, Pendrith was with us. A little happy to see his season turn around. But yeah, I'll probably bet Cockrell because I consider him a friend. Okay. 
I'm looking down the board to see if there's anyone here that I have any interest in, and the answer is is no. Although I, I'm certain that two of these guys are going to be inside the top five. I was actually kind of looking at Grayson Murray. Makes a lot of sense. Like in this field, makes um, makes a lot of sense. I see fifty-five to one. That's uh, not a bad number either. He won on Corn Ferry. He was sixth last week. He was third on Corn Ferry two weeks after his win. Actually playing pretty good golf. It's just no one likes the guy, so no one wants to bet him, but I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. If he was a likable folk, he'd probably be like 30 to 1, those other guys, the way he's actually playing right now. Yeah, you get the Ricky syndrome. I saw like Crazy Carl has – he missed the cut last week, and all of a sudden Crazy Carl's like back inside the top 10 in terms of odds. Missed the cut. Yeah, he's 150 last week. I saw he's 40 to 1 here. Does that do anything? I mean – I'm silly enough to think someone who bets a guy at like a full field PGA event believes in him enough to win in these like shitty fields, even if it is 40, 50 to one yeah. compared to 150. I, I, I would take a hard look at it. I mean, a lot of the reason that I bet him last week was for the placement points that I thought he could like churn out a top five, come close, and he has closed on the Corn Ferry Tour, so I wasn't worried about him if he got into it. The problem is it's a lot like Kitayama where the longer odds are the better odds because the guy might come dead last in the tournament. What were the merit odds? What are the merit odds now? 45. Still not horrible, but I'm now really pissed at myself for not taking it. Yeah. I didn't realize how good it was on market. And I like, he sort of opened up about his yips, you know, that could maybe even fix it. I'm silly enough to think opening up about his yips might fix his yips. Who is this guy? Rio. There's a lot of random Euros. Yeah, well, it's co-sanctioned. Rio, this guy just came top 10 in Denmark. Rio Hisatsun uh, from Japan. There's a guy. Here's a guy. I thought you were going to give me Alejandro Del Rey. No, I bet on him like two weeks ago. It was terrible. So, so Rio, top 15s, two straight events. Britain and Himmerland. I have no idea what his odds are. I assume they're like 30 to 1 or something stupid. Let's see. Oh, no. He's actually down the board a little bit. He is? Oh, Jesus. 50 to 1. That's still not very good. Maybe we talk to Wiley. See if his boy Josh Teeter is going to play well this week. Um, maybe Patton got some vibes from that Georgia Bulldogs house over the weekend. Maybe. All those guys played well. Except for him. Except for him. At least, apparently, he won money in cards. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Cam uh, Champ was pretty popular in, you know, it was a popular long shot in Detroit. I'm seeing him 35-40. I don't trust him, but I'm sure a lot of people will. Yeah, Cam Champ's not really getting it done. He came eighth somewhere once, and that was basically it. Yeah, so, uh, so I don't know. I have... I have um, Glover at 35, Cust at 40, and I'll, I could bet that Grayson Murray 55, maybe even Malnati 50. I probably won't get to Malnati. I'll see if I can shop. I mean, Peter Cust on this one side is down to 25 to 1. Custy Pete is uh, it's a big number. Big number for him. 45 is still the best merit number you're going to find, I think. He's down to 40 in most spots. Yeah, I was just looking at that. 
All right, let's get to the quick picks and the one and done. So actual money I have down so far, Glover at 35 to 1 and Merritt at 60 to 1 for the Barbasol. I've kind of created a little bit of a, I haven't bit on anyone yet because I got to figure out. I have the left-hand column with guys I'm pretty good with. Then I have a right-hand column with guys that I kind of want to do, but we'll see. I have Hatton, Rye, Kitayama, and Bjork as the four for Scotland. And then I have Fitz, JT, Cantley, and Moronk as like sort of the other column. Obviously, I'm not going to bet them all, so sub to the newsletter to find out or watch Wednesday's show with Tambo uh, to see where I end up going. But I think that's the lean unless someone wants to sell me on someone. You want to sell me on someone, but that's where my mind is going at the moment. Yeah, for me, sort of at the top, I think I could be just Hatton Cantley. And if I don't have the guts to bet Cantley, like I don't want to go to a nice restaurant. We're going to go just somewhere nice but not as nice then yeah it could be fits or i can get sucked into my boy tommy but i don't know fleetwood at like 20 these just it doesn't feel right in this sort of field strength but maybe like ricky it'll just be a season where my guys i love can finally win and you down have- the board connors down the board it's it's connors for me and tom kim those would be guys i'm looking at oh yeah tom kim add him to the list Forgot about him. The Cantlay numbers are all over the board, by the way. What's the best you've seen? 14. Like, they're 10 at other spots, if you like Patrick Cantlay, just as a FYI. Uh, maybe it's better yeah, somewhere. Yeah, see, I can get... Let's see. I can get 14. This guy goes off at, like, the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, between 16 and 18. Like, I feel like I'm... See, maybe I am about better shit. <laughs> like, on that <laughs> angle... Like, no, okay, whatever. Anyhow, whatever. Cantley, Hatton, Chalk City, get me to the to the major next week. One and done selections for the week. Cust has texted me. He tried to use Rory, but he can't use Rory because he's already used Rory. He is going to use Scotty Scheffler as his one and done pick. I haven't, I, the sheet okay. hasn't been the sheet hasn't been updated in a while, so there's a chance that he may have used Scotty Scheffler at like the Travelers Championship, but I have no idea now. If he has, I'll get it updated. How about that? Well, now I'm nervous. You've been nervous like three times today. It's fucking. We're talking about golf betting where we lose every week. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with losing the money. That's the funny part. Like, it's like you're buying jewelry. Like, the money's gone. Not that I, I don't even wear anything. But like, the, you know, the shit's worthless the second you walk off the lot with it. Um, that's why I'm amazed that books don't, like, like to cut cut my leg. Or not even me, but, like, everyone's legs. Don't even let people do what they want. People think they're sharp at outright golf. Oh, good luck. They're amazing. Um... I don't know if the list isn't updated. I'm going to embarrass myself. Well, I have the list updated to the Travelers Championship, so I don't have the last three weeks. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Cantley. You used him at the Players Championship. And I for sure have used Hatton. Now we're just, see, I knew I'd embarrass myself. I'll use Fitzpatrick. I'm going to use Fitzpatrick because I don't think that I've used him. 
have I used Hatton? Yes. Shane Lowry. Wow. You've used Shane Lowry. <laughs> now I'm just going to use a good player. Uh, Ricky Fowler. I'll kill him. I'll, I'm ending the mojo. Fowler is on the board for you, so Ricky Fowler for you as your one-and-done selection for the week. He's going to miss the cut. <laughs> Play in the Listener's League, by the way. I now have the link. There's only 2,500 spots available, so go do that. Vote in the best sitcom bracket. That should be out Monday night or Tuesday morning with the show coming out on Tuesday. So I'm guessing I'll have that out on Tuesday morning in terms of the polling up on Twitter at the PME. What else? FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. 20% off. Get the Wednesday to Wednesday. Do it on Wednesday. Get the weekly. Get four tournaments for the price of one. That seems like really the best time to do it. And you get your alternate field events. I mean, there's a lot of money up on DraftKings. And we're going to have a super schedule for the Open Championship. We've got Steve Bamford joining me for the research show. Ben Coley and I are going to go player by player. Uh, we got the DraftKings show and all the normal shows that we do. And the best bets with Robin Cam. So it's all going to be there. We might even go live, Jeff, next Wednesday with Tambo. Maybe. Pardon my ignorance. Don't you normally go live? Nope. There's not like questions in that? Nope. For majors then, right? Like I swear like I've put in the questions and you and Tambo are going or I'm just commenting on on a video that's not live. I think I I, th- I, th- I think you might be trying to ask questions to a pre-recorded video. When's the last time you and Tambo were live? Uh, we actually did one a few weeks ago because we were running behind, but I think previous to that was last year. Okay, fine. At least I like in my my mind, like I swear I was like part of something recently. Okay, fair enough. I'm not going to pretend um, to know. I'm very excited for next week's Open, as I'm sure most people are. Oh, man, that bet is down to minus 340 now, by the way. It is crazy. You've like... Can I cash this out and just come up? I doubt they'll let me cash it out. I got to go check now. I have it at plus... I have it at plus 150. Yeah, but I have to do... They will... They'll let me cash it. I bet 350 bucks on it. They'll let me cash it out for 600 right now. Almost doubled my money. (laughs) You got to take that, no? If I bet the other ones? You got to freeze 250 bucks for making a bet? Yeah. Four days... I, yeah, I, Paul's right. I might make more just by betting the other two because there's two options, though, Paul, not one. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You're I, right. I, I'll look into it. I doubt this is you know, going back down anytime soon. You could middle that bitch. That's what I'm thinking. Can I try to middle it? Well, no, they haven't moved the number. It's still 40. They've just moved. Oh, okay, sorry. They, just they moved... might move the number, though. Ah, they don't seem to. They just seem to be moving the VIG. And then last week, they just took it off the board. Or two weeks ago, they took it off the board. Anyway, I don't even, like I said, where they've adjusted to par, I might be going off the wrong numbers. So I might want to take a look at that before I figure out what to do exactly. (laughs) But yeah, basically winning my bet already. I mean, basically I'm getting it at what, like minus 175 or something? It's not bad. (laughs) Just a win right now. But we'll see. I'll, I'll let you know what I've done on Wednesday. Because, uh, you know, if it's at minus 350 now after two hours, then it might be like minus 700 by the time it comes around. Get even more money from it. That'd be fantastic news. Uh, but that'll do it for us. 
rest of the week. We've got a ton of shows, so stay tuned. Sub to the network. Smash the like to the episode. Rate and review the audio podcast. All of that fun stuff. So thanks for hanging with us. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.